Brought to you by Integra Vita Wellness, here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Welcome back to Confessions of an Obese Child. Thank you very much for returning. I hope you're having a great day or week. I'm recording this on Friday the 17th, so we're almost near the end of February. Please visit my website, www.integravita.com. That's integral, take off the L, add V-I-T-A, integravita.com. Please read my wellness articles, or you can actually read my written blogs there. Uh, Pretty soon I'm going to have some recipes up there as well. Go to iTunes and subscribe to my podcast. I'd appreciate it. I'm just starting out, so every review, even if you don't want to write anything, helps. I'm also on the Twitter sphere at Integravita Well, Integravita Well, and I'm on Facebook as well. I'm just tackling one social media at a time. I've noticed the old, the older you are, the harder it is to figure out that social media stuff. I really don't know what to write. It's just, it's just like a complicated Rubik's cube. Speaking of Rubik's cubes. We talk a lot of 80s nostalgia today because, again, write what you know. I was fat, so I write about that, and I grew up in the 80s, so I talk a lot about the 80s too. Rubik's Cubes. I was never really good at the Rubik's Cube. I have never even figured one out. I recently gave my six-year-old son one, a small one just with four blocks on each side, and I can't even figure that one out. So kudos to those people who know how to do it. I remember going to an exhibit at the, the Kids Museum here in San Antonio, and they had an exhibit on the Rubik's Cube, and it was amazing. They had this robot that could just grab one, take a picture of it, and then solve it within 30 to 60 seconds. So it was just utterly amazing. So it's very difficult. So thank you for returning. Today we're going to read Confessions number 10, The Convenience Store. Now before I begin, I do want to talk about the passing of an icon, or at least an icon to me. This would be the venerable Greek god that was George Michael. George Michael, he died, I believe, Christmas Day of the year of our Lord, 2016 AD. Now, of course, we don't use AD anymore. We got to use CE, Common Era, and BCE, before the Common Era, because we're trying to take Jesus out of everything. So it drives me crazy, right? Why can't we just keep BC? Oh, we don't want to offend people who believe in Jesus. I don't think anyone was offended beforehand. This is just a move by the radical Marxist left to take Christ out of everything. I really don't think, just like how at school now we don't have Christmas break, it's the winter break, because I'm sure those few Indians slash Jews slash Muslims were really crying, fulminating that they wanted it to be changed because they were offended by it. Uh, I don't think they really care. This is always the move by the the radical atheists. The same people want to get the Ten Commandments taken off the Capitol grounds. And it's nonsense. And so, of course, the school districts cave in because all they really care about is the fear of lawsuits. So, you know, we have winter break. Yeah, but somehow we still have Easter, right? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, let's just take away the whole word holiday, right? Where do we get the word holiday? Holy day or Christmas. Christmas, the mass of Christ, Christmas. 
This reminds me of 1984, you know, all the limiting the words, getting throwing words down the memory hole, never to come back again. You know, the less words that we use, the dumber we are and the easier it is to control us. This is why they don't want the kids to know anything about the Bill of Rights. I mean, you're hard pressed to find a student. Now, now there's always the really bright ones, but the typical American student, not much as my school, but the typical American student, you ask them, okay, name the Bill of Rights. They have no idea. They have no idea what the bill, maybe they know the right to bear arms. First Amendment, maybe the Fourth Amendment, maybe. But they don't. Yeah, yeah. We don't teach civics anymore. I don't think the government wants people to know the Bill of Rights because, again, it's easier to control people if, you, if they don't know what rights they actually have. Well, you mean you can't go into my car and search it? What, when the cop comes to my door, I, 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 I don't have to let them in? What, I don't have to give my blood when I get pulled over for DWI? Not not saying that DWI is okay or drinking while intoxicated, but again, know your rights, people. It was going back to George Michael. He was my boy when I was growing up. Now, my eldest brother was really big into New Wave. Now, if you don't know, New Wave music was music in the early 80s that kind of bloomed out of disco as an amalgam of disco and punk. And new wave or new romantic music was very synth pop based. So it was a lot of keyboards and percussion. So the most famous bands that came out of this would have been Duran Duran, Culture Club, New Order, which came off of Joy Division, The Cure. And then later on, you had bands like the Pet Shop Boys and Erasure. And it was very dancey, just synth music. You know, it's Wham! which was George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. They were a little duo that came out around this time in their very early 80s. I think their album, their debut was in 1982, called Wham! And of course, Wham's got an exclamation point at the end, so it's Wham! Uh, So, you know, George Michael was very young when all that came out. He had some great hits with Wham! I think most people know Careless Whispers, but Careless Whispers kind of sappy ballad. If you want hardcore Wham!, Go to songs like the raps, the wham rap. Oh my God, that is like the funniest song to hear George Michael rap. And a lot of a lot of the songs, he's of course he, he hasn't come out that he's gay. So it's all about women, manipulating women. There's a song, Let's Go For It, Young Guns, where he talks about how abortion's good. You know, it's, just, it's just so funny. But listen to the rap. Freedom, the original Freedom's a great song. I'm your man. I'm your man. If you're gonna do it, do it right, right, do it with me. Great song. If you want a little ballad, you can go A Different Corner. That's a sad song, how he's lamenting a woman who used him and manipulated him, and he wonders if she ever cared about him. It's a great song. Um, they Just great songs. Anyway, so he, he broke away because Andrew Ridgely didn't do anything in Wham. He was just a guy. And even the videos for like everything she wants, everything she wants is everything she sees. Anyways, so in the part where like, they just show him singing, but Andrew Ridgely didn't sing at all. It was all George Michael. George Michael's show. Why not? He could sing. He was good looking. So anyways, Wayne broke up. Last Christmas, of course, was another classic of theirs. There's no cover that's better than the original. And then he did his solo work with Father Figure and Faith. One More Try, Monkey, I Want Your Sex. A lot of the young people don't know how controversial I Want Your Sex was when it came out. A lot of millennials don't even know that song. 
But that video, anyone over 35 would remember, you know, it was so controversial. And the song lots of times was banned. They banned the video. And, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. But, man, the, the leather jacket, the stubble, that, that boy. And he, here's the thing about George Michael is that everyone kind of knew him for those, those hits. He was an incredible songwriter. If you listen to his second solo album, Listen Without Prejudice, which had the big hit, Freedom, which is the song that everybody knows. Freedom, I won't let you down. Freedom, I won't give you a... You got to give it what you take. Anyways, uh, that, that album is just pop perfection. Elton John called him the best writer, best songwriter of all time back in the 90s. And then later on, he got caught uh, doing something indecent in a bathroom with a man and uh, got out in the news. And back then, homosexuality wasn't really embraced as it is now. And so he uh, his career really hurt. And so the last 20 years, he really hasn't done much. So it's kind of sad. But when I was a kid, that's all I listened to was George Michael. I loved him. He had such a great voice. And he and Harry Connick Jr. are really the only two guys that I can actually sing and kind of sound like. I don't know why. I don't know anything about singing. But for some reason, I could sing them relatively well. So I would just jam out to George Michael, his pop songs, his ballads. God rest in peace, George. George Papadopoulos, whatever your name was. You molded my youth all those days reading encyclopedias and eating Cheetos. All right, let's begin. Confessions number 10, the convenience store. With my springy shock-absorbent bike, I was ready to venture out of the secure confines of my home to seek new adventures. Read the previous confession or listen to the previous podcast on the bicycle seat briefly. I had problems riding a bicycle, but eventually my parents got me this very fat shock absorbent one that bounced like I was on pimp my ride or some low rider car from the from you know from, from the, the the barrio and so i was able to ride the bike but not far my morbid obesity and lack of fitness shape prevented me from going far so aside from mcdonald's which of course i always found a way to get to i went to the local convenience store the circle k was a go-to place hit with the cognoscenti those who were in the know because it was the only place in the neighborhood that i had an arcade game Kids from the neighborhood would flock there to play Galaga and Pac-Man. Arcades. Yeah. The arcade games at the Circle K were just an aperitif for the bona fide mall arcade. For you millennials, a video arcade was a place in the mall replete with dozens of video games that only cost a quarter to play. The room was dark and ambient, and it was likely built that way like a casino to keep kids in there for hours plunking in quarters. So the arcade, you you don't see these. I guess Dave and Buster's would be the closest to what we have for arcades now, but I'll mention it in a minute why they went out of popularity. But arcade games were upright, very basic, minimal graphics, and uh, really the arcade started in the late 70s with pinball games. Pinball was really big. And I, I, don't, I never really got into pinball, but then they came out with like, Space Invaders and Asteroids and Centipede and Millipede. And they were just great. You could plunk in quarters. You could play repeatedly. You normally got three lives. And it was just a way to to play. Kids would hang out at the mall. 
and the mall had the the arcade and it you know it's heyday which probably was in the mid to late 80s you would go into a, a mall arcade there'd be maybe 40 or 50 games of different types sports not sports adventure everything and you would just go in there and just play and it was just it was just a great place to be so the circle k had only had a couple of games but uh, it was the only place close enough where you actually had arcade games now by the late 80s the original nintendo and sega were hugely popular but their graphics were still inferior to the arcade games as the home platforms improved so did the arcade games but they began to charge a dollar or more Similar to why many people don't go to NFL games due to the ease and improved quality of flat screens, kids eventually stayed home and the arcades became obsolete. I have very great memories of the early video games. My brothers and I had a Atari. Well, actually, we had a Pong first. I think Pong was the first video game. Pong was Breakaway or Breakout that the Atari eventually had, where it was just a block, a ball, and you had to hit the ball back and forth. And if you missed the ball, you would lose. So that was Pong. Then they came out with Atari. Atari was pretty great in terms of like home graphics. And they had the first Space Invaders. And, and they had the first Mission uh, um, Asteroids and Centipede. And that was a great system. And then in 83 came out ColecoVision, which was an improvement in graphics. But... Uh, the ClickoVision and then the Intellivision, if any of you remember that one, um, they didn't last long. And then the uh, Nintendo came out in 87, the original Nintendo, and that just blew everything out of the water. I remember the original Nintendo. Now you can go online and play them uh, for free on those emulators. They, they, they just sold that box this Christmas where you could play like the original 50 games on your TV. It was great. It was great. I remember playing Excite Bike all the time uh, but the game of my tweenish years was legend of zelda the original dun 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 oh my god that game was so awesome super mario brothers was great too that was originally nintendo i like that one too but not as much eventually i got the sega the sega genesis and that was my platform in my high school years, they had better graphics. And then I, I really liked the Genesis and played those games like Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast, Golden Axe. But this is stultifyingly boring to any of you women right now. So let's get to the point. The, the nerdy boys are like, yeah, keep talking. Yeah, video games. But we're not there yet. This is 1988 and Madonna, Michael Jackson, and the great Millie Vanilli were huge. Millie Vanilli... They were a band of two European guys. They had three or four hits. Don't forget my number. And uh, they were found to be lip syncing the whole time. And later one of them killed himself. Very sad. But they were big in 88. Madonna, of course. Again, I feel bad for, for kids because like they, they think of Madonna or Mariah Carey as like these middle-aged has-been wannabe women. You know, I guess kind of the same way when I was growing up, I'd see someone like Liza Minnelli. Maybe, or I don't know. I mean, Blondie was still big, and Debbie Harry was young. I'm trying to think of like female sing, maybe like Diana Ross. You know, I just I didn't know them at their peak, right? So if you don't know Madonna, go back to her catalog, especially in the '80s. Incredible music, Michael Jackson too. He was great, no no doubt. I mean, despite his personal problems, he was an incredible performer, incredible singer. 
So back then, the convenience stores would rent out VHS movies. So when I ran out of money and others were playing, I would peruse the movie titles. I was in no hurry to return home. I mean, what was I going to go home to aside from eating? Aha, but now I could eat away from home. Eventually, I struck up a conversation with the clerk at the store whose name was Claire. She was a woman likely in her 30s who I could tell lived a love life, a tough life. I don't know that. I think she smoked a lot. You know, when people smoke a lot, they look a lot older than their age. And of course, I'm like 13, you know, 14, something like that. So everybody who's in their 30s looks old. I mean, I'm sure my students think that 35 is old because when I was their age, I thought, oh my God, the end of the world is like 35. My parents are so old. And then when you get into your 30s, you're like, hey, I'm still young. And then 40s, yeah, I'm still young. So I'm waiting for that point where I realize I am really old because I know I'm old because I'm in my 40s, but it's all relative, right? I'm old compared to these students, but I'm still relatively young and I have you know good vitality. But I'm wondering when I'm just going to be like, I am old as F. Claire was a smoker for sure I knew. She grew an affinity to me. First, because I told her she shared the name of the Molly Ringwald character in The Breakfast Club. She also thought I was just a cute, chubby little kid who clearly came every day because I didn't want to be at home. Yeah, and this is what you see with a lot of a lot of these stories. Is I, I had very close relationships with adults. I loved adults. I don't know if they just liked me because they felt sorry for me. I was a precocious child. I was talkative. And probably I used to tell jokes just to be funny, but I liked adults. I liked my teachers as a whole. And um, you'll see when we talk about the cancer hospital, I hung out with the security guys. Just every, I just have all these recollections just talking to adults. Uh, going back to the Breakfast Club, classic, classic John Hughes movie. Out of the big five John Hughes movies, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, Seven Kind of Wonderful, Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller. Breakfast Club is typically the most highly regarded next to Bueller, probably. Breakfast Club is great in the first half. The second half, I just think that all the drama where they're sitting around and, you know, I got taped to the wall and I'm, I'm addicted to drugs. My dad pushes me to wrestle too much. A lot of that I just thought was overblown. But the, the first half is just genius. Genius. I've got homework to do. That's okay, son. You can do it on the boat. To be two hits, me hitting you, you hitting the floor. Claire. What kind of name's Claire? Claire. That's a fat girl's name. There's so many great lines from Breakfast Club. It's a great movie. Actually, my favorite out of those is Some Kind of Wonderful, which is kind of a just an inverted ripoff of Pretty Pink. So in Some Kind of Wonderful, you have a poor guy falling in love with a rich girl. And then he's got his best friend, Watts, who's this kind of this, this androgynous transgender prototype who has a, a crush on the guy. I forgot the guy's name. And, of course, at the end of the movie, he gets the big date with the rich girl who's uh, Leah Thompson from Back to the Future. And then at the end, he realizes that he loves Watts. Watts is the chauffeur that drives them on their date. It's a great movie. Eventually, we came up with a symbiotic, mutually beneficial arrangement. Being around all the tasty, high-fat junk food whetted my appetite, but I didn't have the money. I only had money for some video games. Claire didn't want to do any more work than she needed to. So in exchange for food, I worked for her and became her assistant. So a little quid pro quo to go with the Latin. I scratched her back, she scratched mine. 
In retrospect, it is pretty amazing the things she allowed me to do. She let me stock the drink cooler. The drink coolers in convenience stores were awesome. When you're a little kid, you don't know any better. You, you open this door and you go to the back room where, you know, the, the quintessential or the, 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 the typical mop is there, the mop, the little broom handles, all the junk, all the Budweiser cartons for the next ad. And then you open this door and there's this walk-in freezer, right? And that's where they go in and stock all the beer and drinks from behind. Well, as a kid, I never really thought about when you open those those little refrigerators, you know, I, I guess they just talked to from the front. There's this gigantic frozen room in the back. I just thought that was so cool when I was a kid. Maybe that's where they put all the the mop with their dead bodies, right? Um, I would mop the floor, stock the shelves, and even run the register when she went out to smoke. She really must have trusted me, for I had easy access to the money. I guess I was just a trustworthy, good old-fashioned Catholic kid. I don't don't know. She just, she was like, you know, with a a lot of jobs. You know, later on, I worked in high school at a yogurt stand or yogurt store, TCBY. And, you know, when you're young... You don't really care about the company. You're not the manager. You're certainly not the owner. That's why, you know, you'll eat the product or you're like, yeah, we didn't clean, you know, the utensils well and or the floor because you're like, eh, I don't care if I really lose this job. You know, so I guess it's kind of typical like that. But maybe she hated her job and she's like, oh, this kid can do all the work for me. And I can just go back and smoke. In exchange, she gave me an unlimited, a limited amount of ices, microwave cheeseburgers, there's gross hot dogs that rotate on the grill and pretty much whatever other food I wanted to binge. Yeah, ices. I still love ices. Ices are like the best at the beginning and they get all dried up. You know, the Slurpees. Microwave hamburgers, cheeseburgers, those were pretty disgusting. But, and then the hot dogs, of course, you know. The hot dogs move in, rotating on that little thing all day, all week. Probably the same crusty little hot dog. The buns are underneath and those little warmers. Yeah. Yeah. And it, she just would give me anything, honey buns, zingers, my go-to treats. I guess inventory was not you know, really big in the Circle K. I was never remunerated for my work or paid, but frankly, I didn't care. Ecstatic I was that I could essentially binge eat all day away from my family. Ecstatic I was. The way I wrote that, I sound like Yoda. Ecstatic I was that I could. So it's like yoga writing right there. Yoda. I don't call him yoga. I hit the jackpot, I thought. So I could just play video games and eat all the food I want? Eureka! Also, at that age, you think it's an honor to help an adult to do adult work, so I never had the problem with stocking and cleaning. I was like, yeah, you want me to clean the toilet? Sure, I'll clean the toilet. Yeah, I'm helping an adult. You see young kids still feel this way. Like, my little kids will be like, Daddy, can I wash the dishes? I'm like, yeah, of course, do it, yeah. Oh, the innocence of the youth. Yeah, so I, I I thought it was a great little setup. It was perfect. It lasted for quite some time. Claire and I became friends. Well, at least as much as a 14-year-old could be friends with an adult. But, I mean, I, I do remember talking. She would tell me about her, her life. But I, I, at this point, I don't remember much of it. But she did confide in me about you know, her dating life or if she had a kid. I don't remember much now. My parents never knew about the work. They didn't know that I was either at McDonald's or the Circle K to play video games. I assumed they thought I just went to the park, too. They never expressed to me their concern that I could be abducted or abused. Yeah. 
It's just, they, they, they never were like, Albert, where are you going? Mom, I'm going to circle K for eight hours. And then, oh, okay. They, they just really didn't care. They weren't like, I am worried about you. There are a lot of bad people. Now, granted, I lived in kind of a, a suburban neighborhood, so I guess there wasn't a lot of bad people around. My stomach welcomed negligent parents. My psyche, not so much. I think this goes back to deep down, kids want to be disciplined. I wanted to be grounded. You know, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast that I was never grounded. I craved to be grounded. I wanted them to say, what the F are you doing with your life? You're screwing up your life eating all this food. Let's get this crap out. Now, they did lock up the food, right? We talked about that in a previous podcast. They did lock up the food, and I broke it, right? They did take me to dietitians, but it didn't work. I, didn't, I, I wasn't into losing the weight yet. So look, to their credit, they probably did the best they could with a fat kid and trying to help him lose weight. I guess I just felt like emotionally they weren't there because my mom was a very aloof woman. And I guess I just wasn't getting my needs, and so I turned to the food. The Circle K was eventually sold to an Indian family, and they didn't have much need for a portly, profit-undermining kid. They essentially told me to beat it. They're like, you need to go. You go. You go. There's no tikka masala here. You can't go. This is not a boo. This is not a quickie mart. No, you cannot go. We're going to get rid of Galaga. You go. That's my Indian accent. I stopped going there to play video games because the new Sega Genesis came out, which I just mentioned, and it was honestly not worth the exercise to ride to the store anymore. I never learned what happened to Claire. Ambivalence envelops my memories of the Circle K. I look back with happiness those years at the store since food, friendship, and millipede filled it with weeks of joy. Millipede was the sequel to Centipede. It was better. It a thousand times more better, as the name would suggest. But it, along with the binge eating at McDonald's, school, and other locales, exacerbated my already growing waistline. And that is the thing about binge eating and obesity. You know it's bad for you, but until you're ready to deal with it, you know you aren't going to stop. Because you don't want to stop. And part of you is happy about that. Because who wants to get rid of their comfort vice? And it's true. I mean, I think part of people who delve into other things to eat like eating it, and it's difficult to get rid of it, even after they've gotten rid of it. You know, even after they know it's bad for them, they'll continue to eat it. So food was like a siren call to me. And even even as an adult, even, you know, even now, like when I'm stressed or angry, I do daydream about food like I talked about in the locked cabinet still. It's hard to get rid of those habits. Now, the habits you can get rid of, which I've essentially gotten rid of, is the binge eating aspect. But still, you know, you could daydream about food. Nowadays, I daydream about dark chocolate a lot. Yeah, I love dark chocolate. Thus ends confession number 10, the convenience store. So thank you for spending the last 30 minutes with me. You guys are awesome. I do have two interviews already laid out, but honestly, because I like to be honest with you, in full candor, I can't figure out how to interview someone through Skype and get it through my mixer. So I'm pretty IT stupid. So once I figure that out, we're actually going to have an interview, and I think it'll be great because it'll open up the dynamic, and I won't be so tied to the confession, and we can just bounce it forth and have a good little tete-a-tete 
a little rapport, a little shoot the S-H-I-T. So until then, please go to my website. Just Google Confessions of an Obese Child. Read the blogs. Post something on Twitter. Say hi to me on Twitter. Give me some reviews. Give me some loving. I am a poor teacher who does this on the side. If you want a health coach, hire me. Contact me. I will be there for you. It'd be awesome. It'd be wicked retarded, as the boss that people would say. So until then, until next time, peace out. God bless. Drink your green tea. Sleep well. Go do some cryotherapy. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.integravita.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. See you next time.